on today's episode, I talk about the biggest business lesson that I learned in 2020 that my entire team and I and all of my students have made a declaration to incorporate into our businesses for the rest of our life because it's so important. It's a juicy one and it guarantees success. Plus, you get a bonus of a personal lesson that I share with how I flooded my kitchen two days ago, the story and the lesson from that moment that you can use in your business as well. So I'm going to shut up now because the story is funny and you need to go listen to it. Have fun and it's time to cue the intro. Go. Welcome to the Mind of George Show. Today is a Winning Wednesday episode where we talk through actionable strategies, tactics, secrets, and golden nuggets that can be implemented, utilized, and benefited from immediately. This episode is all about action and putting what you learn into practice, which is the only true way to achieve your personal and professional goals. We've covered everything from the five non-negotiable books for business leaders, which was episode 56, to Project Manage Mastery, which was episode 44, to the two most important documents in your entire business, which were episodes 62 and 83. You can find those and all the other episodes of the show at mindofgeorge.com. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. And welcome back to another episode. And I told you in the intro what this episode was about, but holy moly, I only had one lesson to share with you (laughs) as my biggest business lesson of 2020. I only had one, but now I have two. I have two because there was a surprise lesson that happened in my life yesterday when I was recording this. And since I want people to laugh, I want people to smile, I want you to laugh, I want you to smile, and I want everybody just to realize that there's humor and happiness and joy in everything that we do. I tell you this story because it wasn't a joyous moment in the moment, but after I had to laugh a little bit. So the the theme of today's podcast is the biggest business lesson I learned of 2020. I'm going to amplify that or support that with the biggest personal lesson I learned of 2020, which I learned two days ago. No, yesterday. Yesterday. So let me tell you a story. And I think I might have to sneeze, but I did. Let's see. See if I can make through without sneezing. Bless you. Now it should go away. So yesterday, I decided that I really, really want less material things in my life. And I've made this decision. I made this decision about a year ago and I've been like slowly, you know, eliminating things, you know, removing things I don't use, not hoarding things, watching Marie Kondo like crazy. And I'm just in love with creating more space in my life and space to be, space to be present, space to be with myself, not having the the weight of, of things. And so yesterday... I was like, I'm going to clean. My wife and kids were out of town. I was like, I'm going to clean. So I was like, I'm going to redo my ice bath, clean my ice bath so I can take my ice bath, going to clean the garage. I'm going to start getting rid of some stuff. And so I'm like on fire, right? I got the garage open. I cleaned my ice bath, refilled it. And then I was like, oh, I have to feed our pet snakes. So I had to feed our pet snakes. So I go to the freezer, I get their food and I have to defrost their food. So I put it in a Ziploc bag and I throw it in the sink. And we have two sinks in my kitchen, like a smaller vegetable sink is the one I was using. So I was like, oh, I have to warm up the water. So I threw them in and then I just turned the water on to warm up and I didn't plug the drain. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'll be right back. Uh, It'll warm up. I'm going to run outside real quick and get something. I think I left my phone outside. So I walk away and I go outside and then 
I get my phone and I got wrapped up in what was happening outside. Like I did something with the ice bath. I cleaned the garage and maybe like five minutes passed, maybe five minutes, maybe, maybe 10 minutes. And I was like, I got to go inside. And I opened my door and it sounded like a waterfall in my kitchen. And I have this island in our kitchen. It's just this big island in the middle because I used to use the kitchen for TV shows and movies when I was a food blogger. And so I have this massive island, like crescent-shaped, and the front edge is like an eight-foot round edge, and the sink is on a higher level, and there was water pouring over the front of the ledge and over the edges of the counter. And I thought I was dreaming. I thought I was having like a nightmare. I didn't even know what to do. And so I was like, oh, my God. And in the past, normally I'd get angry, and I was like, well, the water's already out. What am I going to do? So I turn the water off. I, I move the bag. And so what had happened was when the water started filling the bag, because I didn't think this one through, the bag got pulled into the drain because that's what happens. And then it plugged it. And so it created this plug. So I unplug the drain. I go to grab every towel. We don't have any towels. They're all dirty. I'm trying to find them. I run to my garage, get towels for my sauna. And I go frantic. Like I was going to do a workout, but this turned into my cardio. And I was like, I have five minutes to clean up my entire kitchen before I ruin my house. The hardwood, the cabinets, there was water everywhere. And so I ended up cleaning it up really quick, no damage. I actually took the drawers out of the, out of the kitchen and I went and put them in my sauna. I have an infrared sauna and I was like, oh, it's dry in there. It'll do that. So I did that. Everything's fine. I get it all up, no damage. I saw all the water. It stopped from going under the cabinets, everything. But I mean, there was water everywhere. I ended up finding like 18 to 19 towels and then I even had to use some of my clothes to get the water up. And the whole time I'm cleaning, I was just laughing. Like I was literally laughing. And I was laughing because no matter what, it had already happened. Like I couldn't be mad at it. If I was upset, it wasn't going to pick the water up any faster. If I was angry, it wasn't going to pick the water up any faster. If I was like, oh, I'm so aloof. I can't believe that happened. It's not going to make the water come any faster. The only thing I could do, the only thing I could do was just clean it up and laugh about it. So I put on some music and for like literally 15 minutes, I was like Pippi Longstocking with sponges and clothes and towels on my feet, running around the kitchen, cleaning all the cabinets. And I just laughed. And then what was hilarious is I wanted to clean. Well, I had to take everything out of the kitchen cabinets because of the water. And so I ended up emptying out like every kitchen cabinet and drawer. And so I ended up cleaning the whole kitchen and decluttering and creating space. And so silver lining, I thought that was funny. You can laugh at my misfortune. You can imagine me running in with my pink shoes into the kitchen, seeing water, freaking out, running around the house, getting all the towels, putting towels on my feet, skating around the kitchen like Pippi Longstocking, cleaning the floor, picking up the water, and then decluttering. And so the end result was I told the universe that I wanted to declutter and I wanted less in my life. And apparently I was just a little not present to what that would look like. It didn't look like I thought it would. But it ended up looking like just what I needed to laugh and joyful. And so I just flooded the kitchen to clean the cabinets. And then at the end of the day, I was four boxes less of, less of kitchen clutter that I haven't used in years because it was all food blogging stuff and that I'm going to donate to somebody to use who can use it. And then I got to the end result. And so I laughed about it. So that was my personal lesson. Be present. I'll be really present. And here's my biggest lesson. Don't ever leave the sink unattended. Don't ever leave the sink unattended. So now... Let's get into my biggest business lesson of 2020. My biggest business lesson of 2020 is everything you do starts with your heart. Every single thing you do starts with your heart. If your heart is not connected to your messaging and to your marketing, then nothing else you do will work. And, and this is what I like to remind people of. Normally, 
or, or most of the time we start on this path of entrepreneurship or business because we have figured out a solution to a problem. We have solved something that we know can help other people or we have figured out something that could help other people or figured out a product that could help other people or found a product that we were passionate about that could help other people. And when you come from that passion, even though in the beginning we work long hours sometimes and it feels hard, it's almost like we have this unlimited gas tank. We have this like unlimited fuel to keep going because we believe in the purpose. We believe in the passion. We believe in the product. We believe in the solution. We're like, we're going to do this. And it doesn't matter what our drive comes from. Like we just keep going and going and going. And then we go. And then at some point for me, what it ended up happening was my heart was in it, created the results. And then I got too disconnected from my heart and I got into the numbers and the logic. And once I got into the logic, I was sitting there trying to sell features and benefits instead of enrolling people in their beliefs. And so what ends up happening is I start making logical thinking decisions. I'm like, logically, this is what a customer journey will look like. Logically, this is what a purchasing decision will look like. Logically, this is what the product should say. Logically, this is what the label should look like. And there's only one big problem in that. Zero purchasing decisions are based on logic. They're all based on emotion. And we know this. And so what we have to be present to is to ensure that if we're logically thinking about a customer journey or logically thinking about a product or logically thinking about a business or logically thinking about something, that we also have to create the space to put the heart back into the logic. Because if we are trying to speak to people's hearts with logic, it's going to go right over their head. You can't speak to their head and get their heart. You have to speak to their heart. And so we have to make sure that we know who we serve and how we serve them at an emotional level, at an EQ level, at a feeling level, at a belief level, which is why when I teach the captain's assessment, I have the three levels to it, the rocks, the reefs, and the shoals. The rocks are those surfacey things. Those are the logical things, right? But the reefs and the shoals, those are the feelings. Those are beliefs. Those are what's going to shift their identity. Those are the things that are going to move the needle for people, right? Because somebody can come to me and they can be like, George, I have an email marketing problem. And I can ask questions, right? And they're like, yeah, email's hard. And my customers don't want to hear from me and vice, blah, 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 blah. And I can give them all the tools. I can be like, yep, this is the email to write. This is the email to write. This is what you want to say. This is the automation. This is where you put it in. And that's only going to put a bandaid on it because they're going to do those things to check the box. But then the result is going to end up the same because they still think email is hard. But the inverse is they come to have an email problem, we break it down and they think email is hard. Then we talk about what's required for them to think email is easy. We've just eliminated a barrier for them emailing their customers. And so they weren't emailing them in the first place because they thought they were hard. So if I give them a tool to get them to email their customers, they're still going to think email is hard and eventually it's going to dissipate and end up right back where they started. Or my customers don't want to hear from me. And so then they don't email them because they think what they have to say isn't valuable or people don't want it. And so I can tell them what to put in an email. I can tell them how many times to email them, but that email is never going to be their full expression or their full force or their full power or their full light because it's dimmed by the belief that people don't want to hear from them. So if we sit down for a couple minutes, like I do in the eternal flame method, like our email course, and we shift the belief, it's like, no, email gets to be easy and people want to hear from you. Then the tool doesn't matter because then you're just going to realize I can write an email every day 
and then people want to hear from me every day. And all of a sudden, there's no filter between is what I'm about to say going to be for my audience because you already know your audience, you have a belief, and so you just start showing up in your power to share with them. And then we use the tools as rocket fire, rocket fire, rocket fuel, fire accelerant, right? Then amplify that message. But in business, in entrepreneurship, you have to know And I mean, you have to really know at a cellular level who you serve. And most of the time, you have to know these people better than you know yourself or better than they know themselves, I should say, because you have to know yourself to know them, but you have to know them better than they know themselves. And so this is where you've heard the adages in marketing. You know, we give people what they want to sell them what they need, right? Or we sell them what they want to give them what they need. Pick your direction on that one. But what that's simply saying is that you have to take the time to put your heart into everything that you do because on the other side, if you're like, oh, they want a supplement, let's say they want a whey protein. Nobody goes and buys whey protein for the protein content or because they love taking whey protein. There's a deeper rooted belief underneath it. By taking this protein, I'm going to get stronger. By getting stronger, I'm going to have more confidence. Like those are the feelings, right? When you think about Apple, Apple's one of the best examples of this I've ever seen. And and it's one of the things that I point out, right? Because Apple and Android, Android being an operating system, are the two big players here, right? Apple only owns, I think, 3% of the market, but 97% of the revenue. I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, but look at their commercials. Apple doesn't tell you the features and benefits of the phone, They show you who you will be and what it will feel like by using the phone. Now, occasionally they'll throw in like, you know, a a spec or something. But when you see their commercials, they're not telling you about the lens and the glass and the technology and the chip. They're showing you how easy it is to take a photo, how beautiful your photo will look and what that will mean about you as a person to take that photo. Those are all feelings and beliefs. And that comes from them knowing their avatar, knowing the customer and knowing what they will need to feel, not think, knowing what they will need to feel to move on to the next level or to buy the product or to use the phone. And so we'll convince ourselves that logic is the way. We'll look at something and we'll be like, okay, I want to buy this course. I want to buy this car. And we'll look at all the feature benefits, right? But what we're really doing is we're collecting evidence to feel safe. And safety is a feeling, not a thought. Safety is a feeling and not a thought. The customer journey, when people are being courted or they're in a journey or they're in your ecosystem, whether on your email list or on your social media or seeing your paid ads, they are going to be listening to what you're saying. They're also going to be reading about what you're writing. And you might have things like, you know, we have a 30-day money-back guarantee. It does this and it does this. But what they're doing is they're reading all of that as evidence that they feel safe enough that they feel safe enough to trust you to make a purchasing decision. And so if you stay in logic the whole time, what'll happen is there's never a container of safety or a next step. And this has happened to me. This actually happened to me with our Eternal Flame email program. I got so disconnected from the beliefs that I had about email marketing that all I was saying is like, yeah, we'll automate your email. This will automate 99% of your email, blah, 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 blah. But it was all logic-based and it didn't solve any problems. And what ends up happening is when somebody's afraid of doing email marketing and then you give them tools without shifting the belief, email marketing actually feels harder because now it's overwhelming. Now there's more to do of something I already don't like doing. And that was on me. And that's because I was disconnected. I've done email for so many people for so long 
so many different companies that I was just like in this different flow. And when I started getting reconnected to myself and started sending a daily email, I started remembering what it felt like to send a daily email, what it felt like to get a response, what it felt like to see people win. Like if you're watching the video, I just closed my eyes when I said that because like I was feeling it in my body again. And once I felt what it was like to do that. And once I felt accomplished on the other side of hitting send and felt accomplished after writing a sequence or felt accomplished after designing a flow, I remembered what it felt like before I got there. I remember when I thought it was hard. I remember when I thought nobody wanted to hear from me. When I remembered when people taught me email was just about selling. And then once I realized that I remember the feeling of where I was versus where I am now, I knew exactly how to talk to my customer or potential customer to meet them where they are and take them to where they wanted to go, which is what we do, which is what we design customer journeys. We say it all the time. You have to meet your customers where they are. Well, let me expand that for you. You have to meet your customers where their feelings are, not where their heads are. Because a customer's head could be like, I'm ready to make a million dollars a month but their feelings will prevent them from taking action. And until you can really understand them and then speak to their feelings so they feel understood, they feel seen, and they feel respected, their head will play tricks on them, but their head will convince them they're going to do all of these things while staying stuck. Their head will convince them they want to lose the weight, but they'll never sign up. Their head will convince them that they want the coaching, but they'll never pay. Their head will convince them that they want to get in shape, but they'll never work out. Because their feelings are stopping them from going. Their head's like, go to the gym. And they're like, I don't want to. I'm too tired. I'm not good enough. Those are all feelings. And so when I look back at 2020, the biggest business lesson that I have learned that I'm carrying forward with me and my entire team is carrying forward for the rest of eternity, for the rest of my existence in this world of doing what I do and helping people do what I do is ensuring that every single thing that we do at some point has a measure or a check-in to get connected to heart, to get connected to feeling that nothing, nothing remains in the head. Nothing remains logical. So I can design a customer journey logically and I might say people need seven days to write their first email or they need seven days to create a walking habit or they need 14 days to lose a pound. Logically, I understand that container and I create the container, but then I fill the container with heart. So logic gets you the container. Heart gets you the content. And the content and the feelings that people experience with that content are what dictates their results and their actions. And so as you navigate the rest of your year, whatever you're listening to, you'll be listening to this 20 years from now and I recorded it in 2020. Everything that you do has to come from your heart, your team's heart, your company's heart, the company's culture's heart, the lighthouse of the company, it has to come from the heart. And then you have to figure out the bridge to connect your heart to your customer's heart to understand them so you can take them from where they're feeling to where they want to go. And so heart, 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 heart belongs in everything. Feelings, 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 feelings. Emotions, 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 emotions. Because last time I checked, there was not an algorithm or a robot buying your products, buying your services, or buying your programs. That was a human being that's experiencing an emotion on the other side. 
there is a reason that they are buying from you or want to buy from you. And that reason is they want something different. They want something better. They want to solve something or fix something. And all of that is emotional-based thinking. All of it is emotional-based thinking. And so you have to use logic to create the container and use your heart to fill the content. So if I could leave you with anything in today's episode, it's that no matter what you do, do it with intention and make sure you have felt it before you do it. Before you send that message, before you write that email, before you do that live video, before you do that post, before you do that team meeting, before you design that program, before you launch that ad, before you do product dev. Like look at your product, your physical product and look at the color. And instead of asking yourself, what does this look like? Or how does this look? Or you ask your team for feedback, how does this look? Ask them how they feel. When you're asking your customer for feedback, maybe they've completed your program. We don't go and ask them like, what does your sequence look like? We ask them like, how do you feel? What did it feel like? Get into the feeling. The fastest path to legacy, to success, to growth, to scale, and to out carrying your competition and building these legacy businesses and putting the heart back into marketing that we do is get connected to your feelings so you can get connected to their feelings and use that empathy to understand what really is going to move people forward. And because there's this cheesy quote, and I keep hearing it so much lately, so I have to say it again. If information, <laughs> i.e. if logic was the answer, everybody would be rich, happy, and in shape. But it's not. People need us to take that logic and create containers and then fill that container with heart that allows them to shift their beliefs, move forward on their goals, trust us, feel safe with us so they can trust themselves and feel safe with themselves and have the confidence required with the accountability and support of us to accomplish their goals, to buy our product, to use our services, to do all of those things. <sighs> so my biggest business lesson of 2020, and I think one that I will carry forever, is you have to put feeling into everything that you do. And my biggest personal lesson is don't leave your sink unattended while you are filling it with water because it will flood your kitchen and then you'll end up looking like Pippi Longstocking running around your kitchen with towels on your feet to clean it up while having a good laugh. But that's all I got today, guys. Remember that relationships always beat algorithms and remember there is zero way to lose the game by having feelings and using them to build relationships that will always beat algorithms and help you out care the competition. It's time to cue the outro and I will see you guys or hear you guys or be in your earballs in the next episode. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. 
So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.